Ah, it is game week. We have waited all summer, all training camp, all preseason. For the Colts to come to town, good afternoon, good evening. DeMarco Farr, Maurice Jones, Drew, JB, along with you to preview the Rams and the Colts. Coming your way Sunday from the Coliseum. Gentlemen, happy to have you with me. I am prepared to throw the kitchen sink at you. I've Bring spent it. all summer preparing for this inaugural edition of 2017 Rams All Access. He's trying but to first, scare us. <laughs> your opening thoughts. How do you feel going into this week? I, I feel great. I think, uh, you know, this is a kind of a game where the Colts are beat up a little bit, so you get a chance to attack them vertically in the passing game if you want to, uh, but also not have to worry about your quarterback getting hit. And then obviously for Todd Gurley on the running back standpoint, uh, he, he this is a game where he can get going. I've had a ton of success against this team throughout my career. They've historically been bad at defense. And so uh, you get a chance to kind of get that offense going. And uh I think Jared, you know, again, confidence goes a long way. You know, I always tell people uh, talent only can take you so far, but in this league, everyone's talented. The one thing that separates the great from the good is confidence. That's Maurice Jones. Drew DeMarco, far tee up this 2017 season. I'm just geeked, man. It's the regular season. Um, it finally starts to count. The points actually matter. Um, it was an off season of, I guess, everything but football. That surrounded the NFL. We talked about everything but actually stuff that was going on on the field. So it's nice to finally get started in earnest. So excited for the Jared Goff era to begin as the guy going into an offseason, as the guy going into the regular season, as the guy, the opening day starter. So um, a lot of fun. Can't wait to get started. Since you both mentioned him, let's hear from Jared Goff right off the top on the difference going into year two compared to where he was 12 months ago. I think just understanding, you know, the the intent of, of stuff that we do and understanding, you know, what the defense is trying to do and, you know, what, what their um, intent of their calls are and, and, and different ways to attack it. And, and with that, the game just begins to slow down a little bit. And I think that's that's what you ultimately feel. And I think I felt it kind of from year one to year two and every every level you're at, you get that slow down effect a little bit from that those two years. And I think it continues to slow down as time goes on. Love hearing that. It just makes me hate spread quarterbacks that much more or the spread offense that much more. <laughs> yeah. now, now you worry about intent? <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what that's you know, and that that's the tough part about Jared Goff is that he's never played quarterback. Right, uh, that quarterback position the way it's supposed to be played. Uh, so many times it's easier in the for, pros. In the pros. In the pros. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I mean, in any in any essence, everything yeah. that you do from pop Warner to college or to high school to college is to set you up to be a successful pro eventually. That's yeah. what you hope. That's what the hope is. Uh, but these guys come out of these spread offense, and I've always I've always said like. Coaches are doing their players a justice by running these systems where you're not allowing your player to think for itself because eventually, if he does get to the next level, he's going to have to think for himself. Uh, the other thing that you, you've heard a lot is he's maturing mentally. Yeah. And, and that's huge. Uh, Jared coming out at 21, was his body wasn't mature. He, obviously, coming from the spread off, and he just wasn't a mature uh, professional quarterback yet. As, a, as a, a person, very mature. But he just really didn't understand the grasp of why we're doing X. Like you heard there, why we're doing this, why we're doing that. Yeah. And, and as a body, his body wasn't getting bigger. He didn't seem like he was, you know, like a, uh, had that girth that quarterbacks need. It took me about three years, like, to learn the calls and my respons- responsibility in those calls. But then later on, why he was calling those type of plays exactly. and what he was expecting out of the offense when he did call those type of defenses so it makes sense i mean look it's a it's a trial by fire at quarterback i mean when you're learning i mean you're learning with live bullets it's dangerous out there and you can put people at risk but he is getting better and the one thing that we can't question is his toughness the guy got popped a lot last year rolled right over stood up called the next play went on with it yeah and i think again just to to kind of cap it off is 
he he his you saw the work he put in this offseason by yeah. the way his body looks his body looks look completely different now i think so he'll be able to handle those hits a little bit differently and then you add your left tackle in to protect him he doesn't have to worry about that this whole offseason i Who mean might we, be the best athlete on the team right we and we <laughs> haven't i mean we've played some 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 tough teams in the yeah. preseason and Jared has not once been hit from that blind side when he was out there. I actually lined up the projected starting offense for this week and compared it to who actually started in 2016, Week One Monday. Which Night one Football do you like better, San Francisco? <laughs> so I want to go through that with you. I also want to break down the position groups based on the 53-man roster that's been oh, yeah. formed because it's significantly different than we even left it in Green Bay in Week Four of the preseason. We'll also go behind enemy lines and talk with Mike Wells, who covers the Colts for ESPN.com. I have not one, not two, but three ESPN. Rams All Access poll questions that I want to get your thoughts on and a whole lot more coming up on this first episode of Rams All Access here previewing the Colts. But since we've talked Jared Goff here in the opening segment, he's been under the tutelage of Sean McVay for several months. Now, why don't we get the head coach's thoughts on what he's learned about Jared Goff? You mentioned the toughness. Sean said that in his introductory press conference of all the things he saw in film last year. The willingness to stand in and take hits and keep your eyes downfield was something he knew from the outside. Now that he's on the inside and has a personal relationship with Jared, here are his thoughts going into week one. Unless you're with a guy, it's always hard to truly evaluate it. You know, what you see on tape from Jared before you ever get a chance to work with him and know the person. Natural thrower of the football, he's tough where he's standing there, keep his eyes down the field. And then in terms of building and developing a relationship with him, you know, he's been a joy to coach. Very coachable, uh, you know, understands that it's about correction, not criticism. And he takes things in stride really well. One of the things I like the most about him are uh, when things don't go as we plan, he doesn't flinch. Uh, and that's I think that I think that's something that you see in a lot of good quarterbacks their ability to respond from a bad play because uh, inevitably there will be some that occur at some point you want to try to minimize those as much as possible but the more that I get to know him uh, the more that I've enjoyed being around him and looking forward to seeing him compete on Sunday uh, once again I think the Oakland preseason game was the best example of what Sean McVay from a play calling and design standpoint can do to put Jared in positions to succeed and that was without the benefit of a full game plan which they've now been implementing since the better part of of two weeks I mean the starters did not play as we know at Green Bay they went to work on the Colts game plan oh yeah um I, I I've gotten to uh talk to a lot of people about kind of Jared Goff and, and what Coach McVay they what they want to do but uh, that Oakland game plan is where they really put their third preseason game into. They put their starters out there. They let them play against, you know, Khalil Mack and that defense. And, and then obviously on the other side, being able to go score for score for a, a very talented Oakland offense. Uh, but again, you have two weeks to prepare. You have a chance to build confidence in a game plan, which I think is awesome. Now you have a young team where they can build, build, build throughout practice and then go out there and execute in the game. Jared's still just 22 years old. He turns 23 on October the 14th. That's the day before the Rams play the Jags in week six. So he begins 2017 as the second youngest quarterback in the National Football League, only Deshaun Kaiser, who gets a start for Cleveland, is younger. You know that the Rams have invested in pass catchers for Jared Goff in this offense the past two years. They've drafted seven wide receivers and tight ends. They got Robert Woods as a free agent. They traded for Sammy Watkins. We'll investigate those pieces and what they mean for this revamped 2017 offense under Sean McVay as we preview, preview the opener against the Colts at the Coliseum here on Rams All, All Access on ESPN LA 710. Immediately following the Sammy Watkins trade this preseason, I asked our ESPN LA 710 listeners for their revised expectations for the 2017 season how many wins do you expect 21 percent still think four or fewer 34 percent which was the highest total predicting five or six victories but 27 percent say seven or eight and 18 percent have a winning season so how about that combined better than 40 percent 
see seven or more wins. Sammy Watkins integral in that upgrade going into this season. Uh, but we come back with Maurice Jones-Drew, DeMarco Farr, J.B. Long here on Rams All Access, and we promised a conversation about the retooled weapons that Jared Goff has to work with. And when you look at the starters from Week 16 or Week one in 2016 compared to this week against the Colts, uh, whether it's Cooper Cup, whether it's Sammy Watkins, whether it's Gerald Everett, there are certainly more options in the passing game. Seems like it's an upgrade, doesn't it? Especially at left tackle, I think you can start there. I- I'm glad you mentioned Gerald Everett, man. Um, I love to watch this guy play, and I love the the added dimension he brings to an offense. We said this before. You try to line up a linebacker over the top, you've got problems trying to cover him in the route. You cover him with a safety who's smaller, you got problems after the catch. So I think he's going to be tremendous. But Sean McVay and this offense, they will manipulate a defense. They will find dead spots in the zone. They will find the matchup they want in man coverage. All Jared Goff has to do is get the ball out on time and get it to his playmaker. Sammy Watkins, as he gets acclimated to this offense, he's been here for less than a month so far. It's going to take a little bit longer to get up to speed in the playbook. But once he gets going, I mean, and you start to take the top off defenses, think about what that does for the hash marks. Think about what that does for running backs. You should know. When, when you have that deep threat that's going to pull those safeties off or at least give them something else to think about, it just opens things up for the entire offense. MJD, he says, Sammy does, that he's been staying up till 2 or 3 in the morning studying this playbook, trying to get ramped up like DeMarco's talking about. What kind of package can they have in place for him just this week one? Well, I, I mean, right now, I, I wouldn't even have him go deep early. You know, I would try to get the balls and uh, the ball in his hands quickly because you know I remember scouting him coming out of college. He was dynamic with the ball in his hands. When he got to Buffalo, they found out you know what he also has he can track the ball really well down the field. So that was Tyrod's one of his best uh, throws is down the field. So you know I would just try to get the ball to him quickly, get into a rhythm because golf is a rhythm thrower. So once he gets a couple completions, then you look to go down the field and do those type of things. But you have so many different weapons, and I think the the best thing that Coach McVay has done is. He gets Jared. He moves the launch spot for him, mm. so it's not necessarily always in you know sitting behind the line. He's moving either he's rolling out to his left, he's rolling out to his right. Uh, play action pass, uh, you know the running game, just keeping the defense off balance, and then you end up taking your shot. And what we've seen in Oakland when uh, Sammy was playing and Jared when the whole offense was there. Everyone looked at Sammy Watkins. So now that opens up for Cooper Cup. That opens up for Robert Woods. Opens up for Tavon Austin. Opens up for Gerald Everett. All these guys are going to get a chance to show their ability because you added a piece like Sammy Watkins. Tavon Austin is the real mystery here because no one has seen him work with Sean McVay. And no one knows how Sean McVay is going to implement them. Uh, No preseason games. He's been injured. Now that he's back, practices have been completely closed up Mm -hmm. in Thousand Oaks at Cal Lutheran. How much of an advantage, how much of a leverage point can that be for the Rams' offense going against the Colts? Well, you're guessing if you're Indianapolis. Any other team is going to be guessing as to how you're using. But, I mean, just go back to any of those multi-purpose guys. Uh, Darren Sproles right now. I mean, there's only so many ways you can use the Tavon Austin outside of at slot or outside the numbers wide receiver. So where he lines up, you know he's going to be called out. How they get him the football in space is paramount because when they do, that's when the fireworks happen. I, I still think... He's the best run-after-catch guy they have on that football team right now until somebody else proves proves me different. But Tavon Austin with the ball in his hands, he's a home run. He's like Adam Dunn. He may strike out, but that one is going over the fence. Uh, Colts found that out Week 10, 2013. Tavon posted 314 all-purpose yards against them. Maurice, is he more of a receiver or more of a back, a ball carrier in the current construct? Uh 
I, I think you'll see him do both. For it's, it's tough to you know after wa- really watching Tavon last year, we saw him drop some passes, some tough things they were asking him to do. I still think he could be Deshaun Jackson where he stretches the field. I still think that that could be a role here in this offense. But also, I could see him as a third down back as well, being able to you know uh, come out with him and Todd Gurley and make people miss, do a double screen plays or find a way to line them up a tailback motion or mouse so you get them on a linebacker and take advantage of those type of options. And Coach McVay, they, they're very creative there, yeah. and they do a lot of things to try to find matchups. You, you call it matchups. We call it on offense, where's Waldo? Where's, where's the, Waldo? <laughs> where's the guy that we can take advantage of, put our best player on their worst player? And, and you know, with Tavon, it adds another threat to your offense. Right. So now, again, for quarterbacks that are still learning and understanding, down-the-field throws hurt them. Because that means they have to sit in the pocket longer, kind of uh, try to identify the coverage longer. But when you have guys you can get the ball out to quick on screens or slants or outs or quick stops or hitches, yeah. it helps your quarterback you know, g- gain more confidence and just feel better. I, I, I think Watkins, Cup, and um, Woods will test your corners man for man. Where's Waldo? I think Tavon tests your discipline on defense. Because you're going to have to play it right to guard him if they give it to him on an, on an end around or some right. sort of screen. But I put him down, JB, as an all-purpose back. I didn't put him at receiver. I put him as an all-purpose back. I feel the same way. I mean, yeah. his stats profile is more of an RB2 than a yeah. WR2. That's how I put him down. So, I mean, look, um, if he can get better running routes, the route tree, and catching the ball in traffic, it's only going to help his game help the Rams. The, the shocking thing to me is how, how much of the fan base I feel like is down on Tavon, whether it's because of his contract or the fact that he hasn't been able to participate this offseason due to injury. It seems to me from our observations in games and in training camp, every other piece of this offense seems to be thriving under McVay and LaFleur and this new leadership. Why would the fastest, shiftiest be the exception, right? <laughs> well, I think, again, you only can go off of what he did last year, right? right. And, and that's what hurts. Like you said it best early on. We haven't seen him, so we don't know. I, I would go out to watch practice, and, and I'd, I'd sit out there with Miles, and we'd be trying to figure out, you know, what is he going to do, and he's working out. Looks great working out. Uh, got a chance to see him at Green Bay run routes, though. And that was exciting yeah. to me because he looked explosive. He caught the ball when it was thrown to him. Uh, you know, he was able to make adjustments on some on some passes that were maybe behind or a little high uh, and go up and catch the ball with his hands. That I, was exciting. I just have one question. Who do you pull off the field to and, put him on? And that's the thing. Yeah. Hear me on this, will you? I just want to go 16 to 17, week one starting lineup. You tell me upgrade, downgrade, or no change, okay? At quarterback, Case Keenum, this year Jared Goff. Uh, upgrade. Upgrade. Running back, Todd Gurley, both times. No yeah. change. Well, I, I may upgrade. It better be. You like this version. <laughs> I like this version. Fair better. enough. Uh, wide receiver one, Kenny Britt, Sammy Watkins. Easy. Yeah, upgrade. Wide receiver two, Tavon Austin, Robert Woods. I'm going to say upgrade. I'm, I'm going to say upgrade with Robert yeah. Woods. Wide receiver three, Brian Quick to a combination of either Cooper Cup Why or Why even Tavon. bring up the name? Right. Well, I, would, I mean, I wouldn't say that. That's an upgrade. But I wouldn't say it like that. That's so bad. So five for five, favoring 2017 right. so far. Tight end, Lance Kendricks or Tyler Higby? I'll take Higby. Okay. Maurice? No, nah, upgrade. Tight end two, Corey Harkey, who has been released, or Gerald Everett, the top pick of this year's draft? Everett. Everett. Upgrade. Left tackle, do we even need to mention? Upgrade. Left guard is the same with Roger Saffold. At center, Tim Barnes or John Sullivan? Jury's still out. To be determined. We'll to leave be it out determined, yes. yes. Right guard, Cody Wickman to Jamon Brown. Push. Maurice? That's, that's, I, I mean. Push. I, I'll, go, I'll go with DeMarco on the okay, push. Okay, so uh, upgrades across the board yeah. so far with a couple of pushes, and Havenstein at tackle. Yeah. Both. Okay. Upgrades all over the so, field. So yeah. from, from the center out to right tackle, you're hoping at least hold ground, if not improve. Everything else on the offensive side of the field looks like you put yourself in position to have more success. That's a plus. Right, yeah. We'll leave it there and come back on the other side. Still to get to 
Who leads the receiving core in receptions this year? Who leads in yards? Who leads in touchdown Ooh. catches? We'll discuss. Plus, where do you stand currently on Aaron Donald and the Rams standoff as it appears he will not play week one against the Colts? We'll take another break here on Rams All Access on ESPN LA 710. Well, quite a few pieces of this Rams defense did not participate in preseason games. Mark Barron at linebacker Rob Quinn, a rush end, Kayvon Webster, new addition to the secondary, and of course, Aaron Donald, his stalemate with the Rams. On the contractual front continues with reports today surfacing that uh, he's unlikely to play week one against the Colts. Back with DeMarco Farr, Maurice Jones-Drew, I'm J.B. Long, your ESPN LA Rams radio broadcast team. Gentlemen, where do you stand on this front with the standoff between Donald and the Rams? I've never been in a position for a holdout, so I'll leave it to Maurice. Yeah, you know, uh, (laughs) I've been there before, and um, it's tough because – I think when you talk to the Rams, they want to do something right, yeah. and they want to lock him up for a long time. Uh, Aaron has a price. And, and th- I don't think there's a, either a side you can stand on. It's just understanding it more than wh- which side do you pick because there really isn't a side. Like Aaron has a price that he feels he's worth, and the Rams are have a price that they feel he's worth. And then you're trying to find a way to get to the middle of it, you know, a happy medium. Um, you know, when you play this game, when you hold out into the regular season, which I didn't do. Uh, Why didn't you? Uh, That's the question. Well, well, because one was there, there was a lot of variables to it. One, I had some people saying things to my children that I didn't like, and I and I couldn't be home, and so that kind of affected me on that front. But then two, uh, I got a chance to talk to some people who were around Emmett Smith in that situation where he held out, and you know now you're kind of playing Russian roulette in a way where it's. You know, if the person behind you, if you think he's going to play well and he plays well, then they don't need you and you just hold out and then you you lose all your leverage or two, that person doesn't play well and you go back. And at that point, I really didn't – I felt like I'm, I'm, I kind of accomplished what I wanted to accomplish in that situation. Um, I was coming off a 420-touch season where I got a chance to rest and really get my body back healthy. And, uh, you know, we were, we were able to figure out a, a, a situation that, that helped both the team and myself out with the fines and things like that. And uh, I just came back and tried to help my team win. Obviously, it didn't happen that way. I ended up getting hurt and – and so you, sometimes people say, well, do you think you would have wished the first couple games? I'm like, at the end of the day, I made a decision. I'm, I'm going to stick with it. So uh, for Aaron, he, obviously he's making a decision. Um, understandably so. He's a guy, again, we've talked about it before, can win games at the defensive tackle position. That, that That's unheard of. Uh, I played on a team where he there was – definitely n- win this one. Yeah, I, I played on a team where where we had nine sacks in, in, in a year. There was no, there was no game changers at that situation, and so now you have a guy who could change the game. It, it's tough for me to say which side is right, which side is wrong. Yeah, this is a Colts offensive line that gave up 44 sacks and 128 QB hits last season, and that was with their center Ryan Kelly, who needed foot surgery and is now not going to participate in Week One against the Rams. In fact, there are pieces shuffling all over yeah. this Colts offensive line. Three guys either making their first career start or playing a different position than they were a week ago at the end of the preseason. Well, I was looking at uh, their center, Deshaun Bond. Um, he might be the smallest center in the National Football League, height and weight. Uh, he's not very big. So, I mean, even without Aaron Donald, do not forget that Michael Brockers is huge, and he's huge. an experienced veteran. And he used to be that three-technique guy before the Rams went out and got an Aaron Donald. But back to Aaron Donald, look, um, I, I would bet that Aaron blinks in this standoff. The player always blinks and comes back in and, and starts to play football. But Because he's missing paychecks? Because public sentiment well, is turning? What, I, what is it? I, I didn't want to interview Mo, but 420 carries and then you're met with resistance on a new contract, that had to upset you. Oh, very much so. I can only imagine what Aaron Donald's thinking. Really, you're gonna you, you think I'm not worth what I'm asking for? I mean, right. 
Yeah, so, but more often than not, the player blinks and comes back in and he plays. Um, the exception is a friend of mine, Sean Gilbert, who sat out an entire football season in 97. He bet me he would do it. I bet him he wouldn't do it, and he did it. Just on principle, because he didn't want to be franchised. So maybe Aaron Donald digs his heels in and says, you know what, no, I'm not coming back in until I get what I deserve. And how can you say he's not worth the money? Turn on tape from last season, the season before, and his rookie year. How can you say he's not worth what he's asking? I don't think anyone would argue that, not even inside the Rams building, but there are certain constraints that they operate within, among them the rookie salary structure, the salary cap on its whole, the fact that they have other players like Alec Ogletree who they eventually need yeah. to take care of as well. And, and here's the other thing, DeMarco, is is you know the position. And, and MJD said it. He is one of the unique few. Maybe he and J.J. Watt, couple others, Max, Gerald McCoy, who, who knows how deep that list goes, who can win games from that position. But it's not one that touches the football. And and for whatever reason... Consistently. <laughs> right. <laughs> for whatever reason, that matters. It does. It does. But, uh, you know, I was thinking of, of this from a Jared Goff perspective. It's important for Goff to have Aaron Donald in uniform on his side because... As a defensive lineman, as a player, the one thing you hope and pray is that your quarterback looks good, right? Right. And then you hope the other guy looks bad. Well, if you have 99, there's a good chance that other guy on the other side, Hall of Fame or not, is going to look a little bit worse than he did a week before. All the Colts have asked of Scott Tolzien this week is that he go out and be the best Tolzien that he can be. He will not be the best Tolzien that he can be if 99 is chasing him. I agree. I, I absolutely agree. But, I mean, look, you still have 94. You still have Brockers. Connor Barwin's out there. And... Let's not forget, Wade Phillips is coordinating this defense. He knows how to get pressure. Uh, someone has to play that role, though. And for the moment, it looks like it'll be the rookie from Tulane, Tanzel Smart. He was projected by some very reputable draft outlets as a fourth-round pick. The Rams got him with great value in the sixth round. And again, in line to start with Aaron Donald still holding out. Here's the head coach, Sean McVay, on Smart, the rookie, potentially starting from the jump. You know, I think Tanzel is one of those players that uh, he's a natural fit for anything because all he does is exactly what you want him to do, and he continues to get better every single day. You know, I think it's a huge credit to Coach Johnson and Coach Bogardis with the work that they've done with him. Uh, obviously, Coach Wade, but I think he's one of the, you know the more conscientious players that we do have. Uh, what he's supposed to do, you see, hey, there's Smart again, showing up, doing exactly what he's supposed to do, making a play, uh, affecting the offense. You know, he's a, everybody wants to probably make a point about that he's short, but he seems to be a guy that tips the balls as much as anybody. And you feel him as an offensive coach, and uh, can't say enough about how pleased we've been with what Tanzel's done, and you know, especially in Aaron's absence having him step up, get some more opportunities that he wouldn't have gotten otherwise. It's been a great chance you know, for him to, to take advantage of those reps, and that's exactly what he's done. And behind Tanzel, smart Quentin Jefferson coming off the waiver wire here when roster cuts were made and the 53 was formed. Uh, does the fact that Aaron is a captain, was a captain on last year's team, play, play any role in this? Because I, I feel like, I think we all agree, there's something special going on here. There's a momentum coming into this season with the new staff, the fact that everyone's healthy, the offense, which has been the missing link, might be turning around. Is there a responsibility that Aaron bears as a captain to this team at this moment in time, just like he bears a responsibility to himself and to his family to uh, make the money that he's deserving. Yeah, I'm going to say no because, you know, a lot of us, we, we fail to realize what we all remember is what we when we played high school football, like what captains meant in that aspect, or when we played Pop Warner, what captains meant, or even in college. You know, this is, this is strictly business. You know, uh, the only time football is football is on Sunday. Monday through Saturday, you're you're in a business. Guys are getting cut, uh, pay cuts. I mean, you just talk. You want to talk about a business? The Raiders 
literally just asked their kicker, who's the best kicker that they've had for 20 years, to take a pay cut. A kicker, right? And and so, you you know, it's always going to be a business side to it. And that's where uh, us as, as the media and as fans have to – you kind of have to separate those things. Aaron has to take care of that business before he can come out and help this team win. Because you don't want an uh, angry, upset, disgruntled Aaron Donald in your locker room because he is the heart and soul of this team. You want to make sure when he comes back, he comes back with op- you know, an open heart, excited, and ready to play. Um, the one thing that can ruin a season is a locker room. And, and that is the biggest thing. That's why you have to take care of your locker room and not really you know, the old eyes of take care of home and worry about everything else later. You have to do that in this league because the locker room can either – win you games or lose you games. It seems like to this point that locker room is still very much intact and supporting Aaron as the games start and the results start to pour in. We'll see which direction that goes. Hopefully it's not much longer. I think that's the wish for all parties. All right, another break here on ESPN LA 710. This is Rams All Access. We've got four down territory. We'll talk to someone who covers the Colts for ESPN.com on the other side. All right, time now for four down territory, our weekly trip into opponents' territory. And Mike Wells, who covers the Colts for ESPN.com, is with us. Mike, thanks for your time. What's it been like to follow the mystery of Andrew Luck's rehab this offseason? Well, that's the key thing. It's called a mystery because nobody has any answers on, uh, you know, when Angela could play. In fact, and right now they're at the point they don't even know when Angela's going to get on the, the practice field. You know, I, I kind of laugh. People always say, you know, when do you think? You, can you guesstimate? Do you have a timetable when he's going to, you know, play, pick a week? I said, you know, if I could figure that out, I would have picked the Powerball numbers a couple weeks ago and retired and won $700 million. So that's, that's basically what it is. It's like a guessing game. Nobody has any set dates on when he'll be out there. And we're going into, you know, month nine since he had the right surgery, the right shoulder surgery back in uh, January. Uh, Mike, I was going to ask you about Scott Tolzien, who the Rams will see in week one, uh, but I figured I'll ask the question this way instead. Who's more likely to take the next snap for the Colts, Jacoby Brissett or Andrew Luck? Who do you think we would see next after Tolzien? Oh, you know what? I would probably say Jacoby Brissett because – you know, Tozine, he did not light the world on fire during the preseason and the training camp. Very inconsistent. Um, you know, Brissett, he's got some experience starting in New England last season. And, again, Louie McIntyre, look, nobody knows when he'll be back. Because once he gets on the practice field, he's still going to need a week or two to kind of get the rust knocked off, work on the continuity with the rest of the offensive players. So it's not like he can just step on from day one and become the starting quarterback. So I'm going to go with Brissett in this situation. Uh, speaking of those offensive surrounding pieces, Frank Gore is 34. They drafted Marlon Mack. They claim Matt Jones off the wire. How do you see touches being distributed in the Colts' backfield? I think they want to re- they want to reduce Frank Gore's uh, carries. I mean, last season he had over 200 more carries than the next closest running back on the roster. They want to be able to have it where Frank Gore is running at the same level in week one that he is in uh, week 17. So they hope that, you know, having Mack and Jones and Robert Turbin, that Gore will be able to lighten his load, and that will help out because they're going to need a running game to take the load off of Scott Tolzien. Now, finally, on defense, the Colts ranked 30th in the NFL last season. How confident are they that the overhaul they've made on that side of the ball will pay off early in this 2017 campaign? I mean, they believe they can believe they're going to be a better defensive team, but you're going into week one against the Rams without your best cornerback and Vontae Davis. There's still question marks at um, when it comes to uh, being, finding a pass rusher. Two of the top three cornerbacks don't play this weekend are rookies, so there's definitely lots and lots of uh, question marks. If there's an opportunity for Goff to get some confidence, it's definitely against his Colts defense. That's Four Down Territory with Mike Wells, who covers the Colts for ESPN.com. Safe travels to Los Angeles, and we'll see you at the Coliseum, Mike.
Hey, thank you. We continue on Rams All Access here, week one, previewing the Colts with DeMarco Farmer, East Jones, Drew, I'm J.B. Long. Uh, our thanks uh, for the conversation with Mike Wells. You know, the Colts did sign Jonathan Hankins, Jabal Sheard, uh, another linebacker, John Simon, nose tackle Al Woods, others in free agency. But, DeMarco, how close are they really to turning this thing around in their 3-4? Um, not very close. Um, it's kind of like Mike Martz with the greatest show once he left St. Louis. Same offense, different players, different results. Uh, Ted Monticino, don't you know this guy? Yeah, I know Ted. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a Baltimore big guy, up-the-middle type defense, but he doesn't have the slugs on the outside to get pressure. So I, I like Sheard. I, I think he's the best cleanup outside backer in the game. I mean, he not may not beat you one-on-one, but he has a nose for the football. He can get there. But outside of that, I like Simon. Um, he's frenetic. Smaller guy, can get to you. Kind of a James Laurinaitis type, does everything right, but... Um, I, I feel confident in the Rams tackles this week versus this group. I, I think Jared Goff will have ample time to throw the football. It's interesting because they went out and spent their first two picks in the draft on defensive backs, Malik Hooker and Quincy Wilson. They're both projected to, if not start, play significant snaps against what we've already talked about as a revamp receiving core for the Rams. Yeah, you know, Malik Hooker is definitely a middle-of-field safety guy. Uh, if you hang the ball up there, he'll go and get it. Uh, Quincy Wilson's going to have some trouble. Um, you're going to go against some veteran guys, uh, Sammy Watkins again with that speed, uh, Robert Woods with the the route running ability and the ability to catch the ball. I, those are, it's going to be tough for those two young guys early on, but it only is going to be tough if Jared uh, makes it tough. How about as a former NFL running back who loved to carry <laughs> the rock and, and take the load? Where are you at with Frank Gore at the stage uh, of his career? You know, we used to train together, so I don't know how he's still he's still doing it, but uh, you know, Frank. Uh, he'll tell you, man, he needs an offensive line. Uh, he definitely doesn't complain. He wants to win. But it's going to be tough for him. Um, a guy that has great vision, cuts on the dime, can do a lot of good things, you only can be as good as uh, your offensive line. So right now we'll have to wait and see come uh, Sunday. Let's get out quickly here because I want to save as much time as possible in our final segment for predictions. We're counting down to week one against the Colts here on Ramsall Access, ESPN LA 710. Oh, get well soon, Andrew Luck. And we know he's not going to play this week against the Rams, but the Colts play Arizona at home next week. They go to Seattle in week four. They're oh. home to San Francisco in week five. So the Colts' schedule is NFC West front-loaded. From our standpoint, yeah. we hope it's not too much longer before Andrew Luck is back throwing dimes. I, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. If he comes back uh, too fast because of the NFC West defenses that he'll have to face, it may be an issue. Could be. I, the, the I'd Niners, wait till after Seattle. I'm saying, the yeah. Niners' defense isn't, isn't a joke either. I They're mean, huge. Reuben Foster has made uh, an impact to that defense that is pretty scary. Made uh, you forget Patrick Willis quickly yeah cardinals are on the road this week they're at detroit seahawks on the road at green bay and the panthers travel to san francisco so that's what's going on around the division Uh, i promised you three poll questions We've, we've gone through one so far here's another one that has to do with the nfc west from over the summer do the rams suddenly have the best receiving core in the nfc west if not which one would you rather have 85 percent of the response said yes the rams are suddenly at the top in the receiver room on paper right it's, you, we always it's, slip. Yeah, you can't compare career stats with the likes of Larry Fitzgerald. Of yes, course. we always sleep on Baldwin too in Seattle, mm-hmm. and all he does but, is but just beat just the one, daylights out. That's, he just has one guy. Up one there guy. Now. Jimmy Graham, I count as a receiver. Okay, I mean that's he's a pretty good guy. I mean Fitz is going to the Hall of Fame. No question. Uh, until he retires, um, those if are the best retires. guys. But, but for if this, he retires. For this year and maybe just a nudge or look beyond, would you rather have the Seahawks, Cardinals, or Niners receiving cores compared to what Los Angeles has assembled in one offseason? I'm happy with my cards. Yeah, right here. 
the Rams. Rams. The Rams. Rams. Yeah. I'm not listening. Very Rams. good. Let's clean up the poll question here with one more that has to do with receivers. I asked for our own benefit. This season, how would fans prefer that we distinguish between Cooper Cup and Farrell Cooper, both members of the receiving core on the 53-man roster? Uh, no Cooper confusion is the hashtag on that one. 63% would prefer that we just use one-name monikers, Farrell and Cup, and just take Cooper out of the equation. Yeah, that, works really? well, that works well for me. Has that been a problem? I uh, just it, it will be if it, you throw Cooper out there. I think there's a question: Is that Cooper Cup or Pharaoh Cooper making that catch, making that run? Well, one's name last name is Cup, and the other's last name is Cooper. You don't know, right? It gets, it gets a little confusing for most folks. When have you ever used a, a first name when you called a game? All the time. <laughs> Coop JB does it all okay. the time. I mean, Fish last year. That's it, true. It was, it was all nicknames. Okay, so I'm with you. Got into that mold. Okay, but I like anyways, Cup. Either yeah. go full name, right? Or just take Cooper out of the equation. Okay. That, that was that was the reason. Interesting. Uh, let's get some predictions. Since we're in the receiving core, who leads the team in catches this year? Uh, Cup. Yeah, I'll go with Cooper Cup. Really? Yeah. How, about, how about in yards? I'll, Ooh. I'll go Robert Woods. Oh, really? I'm going to go. Yeah. Uh, I, I could see. I'm going to go Gerald Everett. I could see that happening, in too. In yards? In yards. Interesting. Yeah. Look at Washington's offense last what, year. What did you make of adding a carrier as a tight end late in the process? Uh, I felt bad for uh, the, the kid that broke his leg. Tamara Hemingway. Tamara Hemingway. That's what I thought of that move. Um, but I like the ability, and he knows the offense. You can plug him right in right now. Uh, it's Maybe a great fortify move. fortify in line yeah. in the running game a little bit since the other two options that you have are pass-catching tight ends. Very deceptive. He, he really knows how to play the position. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right, let's just keep rolling then. Who leads in touchdown receptions? Sammy. Touchdown receptions. Sammy. So he's wearing number 12, right? Yeah. Jake Ryan was was 12 returning kicks in the preseason. But now, since Mannion has his 14, Sammy's going to wear 12. I think Sammy. 12 is a nice over-under touchdown total for Sammy Watkins. Sammy. You're going with Sammy? How I'm many? Gonna t- I'm going to tell you why. Because I, 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 I'll, I'll say 10. You'll I, say 10? 10 to 12, I think. Because, again, we fail to realize he can go up and get the ball. From anybody. Everybody. Yeah, it doesn't matter who it is. I'm no. with you. I'll go with Gerald Everett. Watching them in the red zone, I think he's going to be a threat those down are, there. Those are two pretty bold predictions for yeah. me. One, that he will lead the team in receiving yards, and the other, that he'll lead in receiving touchdowns as a first-year NFL tight end. Yeah, uh, just but, watching how they're going to use him and his ability. He's Let's let's call him Jordan Reed. Let's not say tight end because he's not going to be blocking anyone. He's, he's really going to be – He's going to have to – well, he's, he's, Jordan he's Reed, a receiver going he's, up against linebackers. He's a yes. bigger receiver going against linebackers, and that's what he was in college, and that's what he'll continue to do here. That's why they drafted him. Yeah, I, I agree, one hundred percent. All right, yeah, uh, those those are some good predictions. The touchdown, the longest touchdown over. reception, I'll go with Watkins, no doubt. <laughs> uh, feel good win total for this year. Feel good win total for this year. Ten. That's in your mind. That's double digits. Ten. That's ten a wins. Team. That's a feel good win total for the year. Ooh, that's that's. I, I was gonna say eight. I was going to give you a because there's going to be some mishaps, you know, still new offensive system, new defensive system, but I think because of last year and the record, you you have a chance to get to ten. Um, but feel good for me to be eight. And also because the opportunity that's here in the first couple of weeks. Yeah. Back-to-back home games, one of three teams in the NFL that open with two at home. The Rams didn't play their what their right. second true home game until, what, week nine of last season when we came back from London or play their third. So, you know, two before week nine, true home games. This year they get them in back-to-back weeks. Who is this game more important for the opener, Sean McVay or Jared Goff to win? Jared. I'll go with Goff, too. Because yeah. he's riding 0 for zero and seven. Yes, confidence. It has to be confidence. Jared Goff is the guy that you need to go out and play well. If he doesn't, 
that can kind of linger throughout the season. Sean McVay doesn't lack that of, of confidence at all. I mean, an off season of people calling you a bust and soft. I mean, yeah. I, I, I if I'm him, I couldn't wait for week one just to shut people up. Yeah, and I would do a different gesture too when I throw my first touchdown. Different gesture. Oh, that one. I got you. <laughs> Not the thumbs up. What, what do you think that first sequence of plays looks like? What's the mix between feeding Todd Gurley and taking shots, um, getting short passes, getting rhythm? Like he's- I, I think it's going to be a short pass, short pass, or a short pass, run, short pass, run, run, play action pass, which would be your shot, and then another play action pass, run, and then they should be in the red zone ready to score. How early does Todd Gurley get his 100-yard rushing game and snap this streak? Right now. Week one? Yeah. Week one. Week one. Yep. We invite you to see more and sit closer with Vivid Seats, an official partner of the Los Angeles Rams. Visit vividseats.com backslash Rams today to reserve your official ticket, travel, and VIP tailgate package to the next game. Maurice Jones-Drew, DeMarco Farr, J.B. Long cannot wait to join you on Sunday at the Coliseum. What an opportunity awaits the Rams. Home back-to-back against Indianapolis and Washington. The Colts without their starting center, without their starting corner back, and without their starting quarterback as well. Meanwhile, the Rams are all healthy. They went with the work management philosophy throughout training camp, throughout the preseason. Their initial injury report listed no name. So everyone should be good to go, up and active on Sunday against the Colts. We'll talk to you from the Coliseum. Have a great rest of your week, and thank you for being with us. For Rams All Access on ESPN LA 710.